0: Drive time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. We believe small actions can have great impact. Take a small action today. Speak to a financial broker about a Zurich pension. Now, the British Prime Minister uh, today announced that at least one person has died there after being uh, infected with the Omicron variant. Boris Johnson also said Omicron accounted for about 40% of the cases in London. Our nearest neighbour raised the national COVID alert level because of high levels of transmission and rising hospitalizations as well. So the question here, I suppose, as we look across is, will this happen here too? For more, I'm joined by uh, Professor Richard Lascelles, infectious diseases specialist at the University of KwaZulu-Natal in Durban in South Africa. Who was one of the first people to sound the alarm about the new variant, Professor Lacelles, Thank you very much indeed for joining us again on Drive Time. You're very welcome to the program. Um, we spoke yeah, to you. Afternoon. We spoke to you three weeks ago now, isn't that right? Um, when you and others, some of your colleagues here, were identifying Omicron for the very first time, and I think you were telling us at the, at the time that it was very much localized then to one province. Y- you might bring us up to speed as to what it has done in the days and the weeks since
1: you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess that was three weeks ago. We kind of lose track of time. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, now we're seeing the similar pattern across the whole country. So so in kind of all the provinces of, of South Africa, we're seeing the same rapid rise in, in cases. So so very much generalized. And, and certainly uh, almost all, over 95% of the cases now are Omicron based on our kind of genomic surveillance and we're seeing now a rise in hospitalizations although although we are still seeing a bit of a disconnect that the, the, the kind of rate of of hospitalization rising is is not as, as steep as the as the rise in cases
0: mm-hmm. so that is incredible, isn't it in one way that that it's started quote unquote three weeks ago. And now it, it accounts for 95% of the, of the cases that you're discovering uh, right across the, the, um, the country. I mean, in case numbers then, it went from zero to what now?
1: so so we're recording about 20,000 cases a day but we know from previous waves that that the because of the amount of testing we do we we probably only pick up about one in 10 or or, or even fewer of the infections so 20,000 reported cases probably means that at least Two hundred thousand infections happening every day, so it it, it it is very rapid the spread of of this of this variant, mm-hmm. and I think that's what you're starting to see, as you said in the in the UK and and some other countries where they're tracking the spread very very closely.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm glad to be speaking with you, uh, Richard, because we hear from uh, various experts of all kinds, but people who are, (coughs) excuse me, away from the epicentre of of the data, um, that it's milder, that people aren't being hospitalised as much with uh, Omicron. Is that correct? What are you seeing in, in terms of the data you're looking at?
1: So, so what we need to be very clear about is we're still seeing the severe cases. So so we're still seeing people get very sick, land in hospital, and some of those require oxygen or require intensive care and, and ventilatory support. So that hasn't changed at all. What is a bit different is that when you look overall, the proportion of cases that are towards the milder end of the spectrum that don't require hospitalization or are moderate so if they require hospitalization they don't need they don't get to the stage of requiring oxygen that is larger overall but that does not immediately mean that the variant itself causes less severe disease, because what we think is the most likely explanation is that the, the protection in the population from vaccines and from past infection is modifying the, the clinical disease when you look at the whole population. Mm
0: mm-hmm. So uh, I suppose um, people have an awful lot of questions, uh, Professor LaSalle, about this t- particular variant and how much protection we have, those of us who are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, against it. What do you know about that so far?
1: Well, I think the evidence is kind of coming together now that that it, that it very significantly blunts the, the protection against infection so what that means is even if we're fully vaccinated we should still consider ourselves susceptible to getting infected and potentially passing on the virus again but what we know at the moment is that the protection against severe disease and death that's very different because it because it brings in different parts of the immune system and the early data suggests that that's still holding up more strongly against this, against this variant. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we predicted and what we would expect.
0: Uh, and more so if you're boosted? Or, or do you consider full vaccination now three doses?
1: No, I mean, we haven't done. Unfortunately, we haven't yet started the booster booster program in South Africa because we're still quite far behind even just with the primary vaccination series. So we're still only at 40 percent of the adult population fully Fully vaccinated in terms of two doses of Pfizer or one dose of of Johnson and Johnson, mm-hmm. but as you say, the evidence is is from the lab studies at least are suggesting that with the booster vaccine, then that protection against infection and against kind of mild disease will 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 be stronger again.
0: I, I could ask you then, given the fact that your um, vaccination, right, the, the, the amount of adults in your country that is fully vaccinated stands at about 40%. We're over 90% here. Um, and I could ask you, I suppose, about the hope that it won't be as prevalent here, Omicron. Uh, but then I, I just look across to the United Kingdom. There is no getting away from the transmissibility, the heightened transmissibility of Omicron. Vaccination or no, is there?
1: that's right and i and I think you start i mean you you can see the kind of way that it's spreading again it, it reminds us of different times in the pandemic you see the, the kind of clusters and the outbreaks again you're starting to see outbreaks amongst whole football teams and things and and that kind of reminds us of much earlier on so so as you say it spreads very easily and, and efficiently
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and 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 we think that we also had high levels of immunity in the population it's just that here Actually, more of it is from infection than, than from vaccination. And, and yet, as, as we say, we're still seeing these very high case rates and, and, and the, the kind of rapid spread of this variant. Mm-hmm. So the key thing for you is that the vaccines and the coverage you've got with the vaccines will, will hopefully give that strong protection against the severe outcomes and will protect... The health system from 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 the strain that you've seen previously.
0: Can I ask you about our booster uh, campaign? Um, th- there is a race on now. We're told by the government uh, against Omicron and getting as many booster jabs into people here as quickly as possible before Omicron gets uh, a foothold. Um, but you you are in a country, South Africa, with forty percent coverage. Uh, when we think of vaccine equity worldwide, how does that sit with you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of our big concerns at, at, at the moment and over the past few weeks, seeing the kind of response to this is... is that actually we're worried that this vaccine inequity may actually be deepened by what's happening now that that many rich countries will will uh, hoard the vaccines even more and stockpile the vaccines so that they can continue boosting whereas many african countries have still not not uh, we're still sitting at less than 10% of of uh, the population fully vaccinated across across Africa, mm-hmm. and and still only one in one in four healthcare workers vaccinated in Africa. And so we're talking about vaccinating it, five to eleven concern. year olds
0: here as well. Is that right or wrong in your opinion, ethically?
1: Well, I I think I mean it's not whether it's right or wrong. I mean there's a strong argument for vaccinating children certainly if your objective is to is to reduce the, uh, the 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 spread of the infection and and kind of protect at a at a population level but clearly we have concerns that kind of vaccinating five-year-olds in, in one part of the world uh, before you're vaccinating 70, 80-year-olds and health care workers on one continent, that that really highlights the, the inequity. So it's not that it's wrong to do it, it's just kind of highlighting the the challenge that we have with this with this unequal distribution of of the vaccines, mm-hmm.
0: and it's not just South Africa. I mean, you're seeing countries uh, in your region as as well Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Namibia, uh, suffering from the the same type of vaccine inequity uh, and the same outcomes.
1: That's right. I mean, we're starting to see this kind of very steep rise in cases in many of our neighboring countries now. And, and the genomic sequencing is often a bit slower in, in these countries. So so you don't have kind of immediate sense of, of that this is definitely Omicron. But but looking at the timing and the pattern, it's, it's very likely that that's driven by Omicron again. And as I say, many of our neighboring countries are are in a much different situation to us, where mm-hmm. where we have enough vaccines, but, but many of our neighbouring countries are, are really struggling with supply uh, and getting those into arms. Mm-hmm.
0: I know you're still uh, developing your, your uh, knowledge and understanding of what uh, Omicron does and how it reacts to vaccine and how it affects uh, people. At one po- what point, briefly now, um, can you say conclusively this is what Omicron does, and this is the level of protection we have, and this is how we go about um, guarding against it. When when will we have a a conclusive set of data uh, to tell us as much as we can possibly know about Omicron?
1: Well, I don't think it's so much that you reach a point where you get a conclusive set of data, but but over the next few weeks you'll you'll see more certainty in the data so you'll see more certainty and more consistency when you see the data from different settings so for example we'll compare the data from south africa to the data from the uk or from denmark or for, from other countries where they're seeing this rapid rise in omicron and and you'll you'll build up that picture and and you'll get a uh, you'll get clarity from the data as to, as to what it's telling us. Okay. So I expect that, that by the end of December we'll have a much better sense from the data of what we're dealing with.
0: Professor Richard Lascelles in uh, at the University of Kwazulu-Natal in Durban in South Africa. Great to speak with you again. Thank you very much indeed.